Hello everyone, today we're going to be dealing with a uh, very involved subject and somebody in the church has asked about the white raiment that you find mentioned throughout the New Testament. And uh, whoever asked this question has certainly done their homework. They listed off several verses um, and then they had several questions to go along with those verses. And I've already tried to make this video uh, about a dozen times and in so doing, I find that I, I end up with about a 30-minute explanation trying to go through it all. I'm going to try to keep this as concise as possible. So forgive me if I don't read every verse uh, fully or if I just uh, mention them in passing. But let me use the paper that they gave. And uh, you can see here it's multiple pages of it, and, and which is great. I, I, I love these kind of questions. It shows me this person really does uh, have some interest in this subject. But they've mentioned Ephesians 5, 27. They've mentioned Jude, verse 23, uh, Revelation 19, 8. And then they tie in, it mentions there the righteousness of the saints. And they tie that with 2 Corinthians 5, 21, which is about the righteousness of God being given to us through Christ. Uh, Revelation 3, 18, where Jesus counsels the church of the Laodiceans to buy white raiment. Revelation 3, verses 4 and 5, talks about walking with Christ in white for, for your worthy. And then in, in Revelation 6, it talks about the, the uh, martyrs, uh, their souls are being dressed in white robes. And then in Revelation 7 and verse 9, it talks about um, people washing their robes, making them white in the blood of the Lamb. So several questions. Uh, number one, how do you obtain a white garment? And then follow up to that. Is it a gift with salvation, or is it granted, or do you have to buy it? Um, if so, is the currency your life, like the martyrs, that's Revelation 6, and the multitude, that'll be Revelation 7. So, excellent question, but not, not so easy to answer. And I'll tell you why. Because the white raiment is mentioned in, in different contexts. If you're looking at this as a church-age saint, then you're going to get one answer. But if you're looking at this as somebody who missed the rapture and then you end up in the tribulation time and become a believer during that time, then the approach to the white raiment becomes different. So let me read the other questions because I believe the explanation is going to help with all of these. Um, the other three questions are, can you be saved and naked? If so, how do you remedy that? Excellent question. Number three, surely the warning in Revelation 16, verse 15, does not pertain to the church, or does it? Again, excellent question. And then number four, what about the guest in Matthew 22, verse 12? All right, so let me, let me do my best to give a concise answer for these things. I don't read any verse clearly that says when somebody right now in this church age believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, that they are given a white robe. All right, now, the closest you're going to get to that, to something saying that, is Revelation 19, verse 8, where it says the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Uh, but that, that, I don't think that verse supports fully the idea that when I put faith in Christ, I got that robe. Um, Ephesians 5, that speaks about Christ presenting to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, that, that's a corporate thing where as, as the entire body or the entire church is presented on the wedding day. So that verse won't support the idea of an individual getting a, a robe. 
So the question about do we get a white robe as a gift, well, I, I'm not so sure I could go that far as to say the white robe is given out as a gift. I don't have a verse to support that. Um, I do have a verse that supports the idea of a Christian having a clean testimony and that testimony being referred to like a garment. Uh, I think Ephesians 5 would speak to that, and I believe the verse in Jude is dealing with that. So, if you take the other question about can a, can a person be saved and naked, I've heard a lot of preachers approach this topic and, and say such things that you can be saved, but if you don't back it up with the proper works, then you're going to be found naked at the judgment seat of Christ. You won't have that glorious, fine, clean robe without spot and wrinkle. And that makes for good preaching, but I'm not sure that's the doctrinal intent of the verses that are used. So in Revelation 3 and in Revelation 16, uh, you're told to, to, to purchase white raiment to buy it in Revelation 3. And in Revelation 16, verse 15, Jesus said, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. Well, there you're told to, to keep the garment, to hang on to it, um, lest they see your shame. I, I don't think that Revelation 16 is aimed at somebody in the body of Christ. I believe you're looking at somebody in the tribulation that is uh, having that warning. I believe they have to also put faith in Christ. They have to accept the blood of the Lamb as the payment for their sins. And I believe this pulls in the book of Hebrews then, where it talks about Christ having offered Himself as the sacrifice, and, and by one sacrifice perfecting forever them that are sanctified. I believe those people living in that time, they have to put their faith in Christ, but then they have to endure unto the end, and they have to endure persecution. And that is where the purchasing or the buying of the white raiment comes in. That is where the warning about, I come as a thief, keep your garments lest you uh, be found naked and they see your shame. I believe what you're dealing with is somebody who puts faith in Christ but then is tempted when persecuted to give up that faith. And if that's the case, if they give it up, then they're not going to be allowed into the kingdom. Then that pulls in Matthew 22. Um, that is a case where somebody, I believe in Matthew 22, you're dealing with somebody who survives all the destruction of the second coming of Christ and the battle of Armageddon, all the earthly uh, tragedies and calamities that are, that are going to happen. They happen to survive it, but they had given up their faith. They were not trusting the blood of the Lamb by the, by the end of that time. So whether they gave up the faith or whether they never had it, they physically survive all the trouble. They try to get into the kingdom, but then when they, when they go to the marriage feast and sit down, uh, they're, they're going to be asked, where's your garment? And when they say, I, I don't have one, I, I gave up the faith or never had it, then they're escorted out and, and they're sent out into outer darkness. So I believe for somebody in the tribulation, they have to put their faith in Christ, but then they have to also endure to the end. And in that way, they do have to lay down their life in order to receive uh, that crown of life and not be blotted out of the book of life. So when you read Revelation 3 and Revelation 16, bear in mind that although there are so many things we can learn from that now, uh, I believe the doctrinal intent of it, it was, it's meant for somebody living 
in the very end of times, right before the second coming of Christ. And this will even be after the rapture has happened. The reason I say that is Revelation 22, among other things, but this chapter, I believe, points it out clearly. Revelation 22, verse 18 says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Now, this book, I appreciate those that say it's the Bible. I understand the point they're making, but this book, that phrase in that verse, is talking about Revelation, the book of Revelation. And the warning is, if you add unto the things written in the book of Revelation, God will add unto you the plagues. The plagues that are written in the book of Revelation happen during the tribulation time. They're not happening now. So that's why I believe the things written in the book of Revelation apply to people living in those times. Um, I understand that there are a lot of different approaches to the white raiment, but as best I can tell, for a person now, we receive righteousness. Obviously, that's a gift. And then when we think about our garment now as an individual believer, it's more of a, a figure of speech or like a metaphor for our testimony, our outward appearance uh, to, to the world. But then when you're dealing with somebody in the tribulation, uh, they also have an outward testimony. That's still true. But there you're dealing, I think, with something uh, slightly different. They are going to earn that robe by accepting Christ and then um, enduring to the end and even laying down their life if necessary. So I appreciate these questions. These are, uh, these are excellent questions, and I, I hope this has helped a little bit. Even myself, I'm still, I have my eyes and ears open. I'm still looking for, for more light on, on these passages, uh, but that's the best I can do, and I hope it's helped. If this video has helped, you can click the like button. If you'd like to follow along with our Bible Q&A blog, you can click subscribe. Feel free to leave a Bible question in the comment section below or visit us on our Facebook page, Bible Baptist Church of Pachastruam. And if you live in town, we'd like to invite you to one of our services, and we hope to see you soon. May God bless and have a great day further.